from MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. Good morning. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Woods Couture, information technology expert at Newport Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, along with our annual dusting of pollen comes another sign of the approaching warmer weather, and that's tornado sirens. So today, we're going to discuss weather tech with, with our good friends, Hunter Dickerson and Jay Willingham from the Mississippi Weather Network. You can join our conversation this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is Everyday Tech, only on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Woods Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Foam Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Well, we've heard the saying, April showers brings May flowers. Everybody's heard that, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. when you're from the South, spring showers consist of super crazy, scary storms with tornado watches and warnings. So today we're going to talk about weather tech and how you can protect yourself from those crazy, crazy storms. Of course, with our good friends, Hunter Dickerson. How are you doing? And Jay Willingham. How are y'all doing today? And they're from the Mississippi Weather Network. Now, to be a part of this conversation or to ask any general tech question, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or, of course, you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Well, I have a slew of people in with me to this morning. Oh, yeah, you got a full house. A full house. All right. So let's start again. Um across the board. Give us your name and um, where you're from and a little bit of background um, about what you do. All right. My name is Jay Willingham, and I'm from Yazoo City, Mississippi. Um, uh, a, back, a little bit of a background on what I do is I started with uh, Mississippi Storm Center about April of 2017, and here recently, about a week or a week or two, me and Hunter went and founded a new uh, Mississippi Weather Network to where we are trying to broadcast and get these warnings out to people as quickly as possible and try to keep everybody safe. All right. And I'm Hunter Dickerson. I live out towards Meridian. Um, I've been doing this now. I've been a certified storm spotter for about three years now, and I've been an advanced storm spotter for right over a year now. And uh, I'm also tied in with emergency management, a couple other things like that, too. So weather comes very natural and uh, useful in a lot of things I do. All right, and, you know, and I, and I think. And what's what, your name? Oh, my name is Wilts Couture. I'm a, I'm I'm some host on a really really awesome show here. There's this guy named Jeremy, and we try to hold the you know, hold the awesomeness level down every now and then. No, you know, and the thing. I, hey, I, I was, Jeremy, how you doing? How you doing out there, Jeremy? Hey, hey I'm trying to hold the awesomeness down. I, I got yeah. I got some big news, you guys. I mean, what uh, is well, it? Well, uh, there's a lot happening here in Hattiesburg, man. Um, uh, you know, we're always dedicated to, to helping people out with their computer problems, and now uh, the, the I think it's the biggest uh, repair company in Hattiesburg has closed their doors and passed all their clients over to us. So we're what? super excited. Yeah, I know. How, when does that happen, right? Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, we're really excited. I just want to give a shout out to Brandon, the owner of Computer Karma. He he worked for almost ten years. Uh, doing a great job for people, and he he did his job with integrity, and he always put his heart into it. And I was sad to see him go, but I'm going to take good care of his people. That is wonderful. Congratulations. That's pretty awesome. You are. Thank you. Thank you. Now you can afford more of your Italy trips, your home trips. Uh But don't tell my wife that. Don't let her know. No, see, basically, uh, Jeremy didn't just get a pay raise. Basically, Faith just got a pay exactly. raise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, now, are you are you going to obtain? Yep. Are you going to obtain his uh, uh, his employees as well? Uh, no, uh, there haven't been any discussions okay. of doing so, and okay. I haven't been. Um, I've had a few people come in and bring in applications, but I don't know specifically that they were from there. Yeah. Um, but no, um, we were just taking the uh, the client base and the phone number. Um, mm-hmm. If I do happen to need more help, though, I need good people. So, 
All right. Here we go. All right. So today, guys, we are talking weather tech. And when we say weather, we're talking everything from hurricanes to tornadoes to simple uh, thunderstorms. Yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes on here in Mississippi. We've got so many different seasons. We have everything from hurricanes, tornadoes. You might have a tornado one day and a snowstorm the next. Yeah. You just never know here in Mississippi. And why is that? Tell us why. Are we on a vault line? or Why is the weather so unpredictable in Mississippi? Well, it's basically on a seasonal basis when it comes to tornadoes and uh Severe weather, normally you're going to have them in your spring and your fall months because of the the change in temperature from warm to cold and from cold to warm. That generally uh, makes this environment very conducive for severe weather and rotating storms. And, you know, in like Florida and Texas, we're not too far south from the jet stream, you know, getting to us very often, bringing that cold weather to us. So that plays a major factor into us. You know, you don't normally hear of southern Florida getting snowed out down in Miami. Right, right. Normally the jet stream's not going to dip that far south. That's where your cold polar uh, air masses are coming from and everything. Same with like southern Texas, Mexico. You don't hear snowstorms there. It just well, doesn't happen. Speaking of... What three words you just said? Jet streams and all these words. Speaking of that, let's segue into terminology. <laughs> terminology. Um, that's one of the biggest things that if you're listening, watching the news, and the weatherman, meteorologist is talking, and he's talking way above your head. You're just like, tell me, do I need to get out of my house right now? Tell me, do I need to? Uh, yeah, you know, leave? That, that's one of the things I've really noticed, especially with technology coming into some of this too, is that. All of us can see it's much more visible. I mean, it used to be if you couldn't get back to your house, you know, we, we're, we're carrying weather reports with us on our on our phones and trying to get information. And um, so, yeah, a lot of terminology is being thrown at us, guys. How do we make sense of it? Well, you know, for one, it's always I always look at it as one that whenever as a broadcaster, from my point of view, you want to try to explain it to everyone that you're teaching like you were talking to their mom, like they've never heard this before. You want to try to, you know, not dumb it down, but make it easy to understand real quick because you want to get the information out to everybody as quickly as possible and let them know, like you said, do they need to go take cover right now? Do they need to get out of the mobile home? What needs to happen? I mean, there's so much terminology. We, you often hear cold front. That's whenever a cold air mass is coming through the jet stream, moving to the south. Your warm fronts, of course, that's bringing the warm air with it. You hear high pressure, low pressure. Generally, whenever you have a high pressure in place, the big H stands for happy weather. Normally, that's when you're going to see the sunny and 75. Okay. That's simple. H for happy. Yep. So, well, see, uh, I like that. That's like the that's like the kind of things that you know you don't sometimes get. So, what's the uh, bad weather? Frown face. L. Well, the low pressure. Whenever <laughs> normally, whenever your low pressures move in and try to overtake your high pressures, that's whenever you see the warm air, the cold air, kind of meeting together, causing some issues where we could see the thunderstorm set up or even tornadoes. Oh, anything to add to that? My new friend. <laughs> You're good? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. He pretty much got that one, yeah. yeah well, you know, nailed that right on the head. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, that, and that's the thing that's always kind of gotten to me, guys, is that, you know, really my favorite part of the news sometimes is looking at the weather. I find myself very addicted to hitting, like, weather apps and everything else. But in all honesty, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like going in with, with any kind of profession. It's really hard to understand the language and the lingo of it. But those little small things like that, I mean, that's, to me, the kind of thing that can, you know, technology really has kind of bridged and can really kind of go in there and, you know, allow us and our listeners and everyone else to really understand when they're seeing that. What's the weatherman really talking about? Well, in, in technology, we'll, we'll, we'll start off with the cipher between watches and warnings. Your watches are really going to be issued from the Storm Prediction Center in Norman, Oklahoma. And basically that's saying, hey, this area is favorable for the development of severe weather or tornadoes, depending on what type of watch there is. And then your warnings are going to be issued by your local uh, National Weather Service office, which in central Mississippi right here is going to be Jackson. That is going to be saying that there's an immediate threat of severe weather or a possible tornado, depending on what the warning is. Well, you know, and, and well, one thing, I w something that you just said, too, and I thought it was really cool. But, okay, we, so we go between severe, so severe weather, severe thunderstorms, could be severe thunderstorms without necessarily tornadic uh, 
tendencies, I guess, or, or are they usually, do they usually kind of come together or? No, they're, they're going to be two separate storms. Uh, uh, the criteria for severe uh, thunderstorm warnings, anything with gusts over 60 miles an hour. Okay. And it could be straight line winds. It doesn't have to have anything rotating. But same with a tornado warning. You don't necessarily have to have 60 mile an hour winds to issue a tornado warning as long as you've got that rotation involved in the cell. And you know, occasionally we have uh, severe thunderstorm warnings that are issued from the National Weather Service that are what we call tagged tornado possible. And uh, basically that says that, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, but normally you see these with uh, straight line wind events. And uh, when the threat is possible that we might see a very weak two-minute tornado, they want to just make sure that they are covered and it gets out there. That's not going to normally... Sometimes it will set off your siren. Sometimes it won't. It just depends on your local emergency management agency that oversees those. But, you know, going back to showing everybody with the warnings and uh, what they're seeing, nowadays with the technology we have with our broadcast systems, I mean, we can show you street names on your map. I know we can't hear at Mississippi Weather Network. We can point it out on the map and give you your street name, show it on the map if need be. There is just so much that can, there's just so much that can be done now to display it on a screen and get it just out there as best as possible to the viewers, listeners, or whoever it may be. And that was my question. Uh, I was going to ask you guys. I don't know how many day uh, years we can go back, but before the technology really became handy. We couldn't do that. Um, you watched the storm last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the uh, weathermen can go straight to your street. I mean, call out names of streets and say, it is going to be there in two minutes, one minute, take cover now. I love that. It's pinpoint, almost dead on. Yeah, I mean, so much has changed over the years. You've got so many new broadcast graphic systems. You've got, uh, of course, better enhanced radars that we use and just so much out there that allows us to get those warnings with as much pinpoint accuracy as possible. You know, the street tracking and everything, it's awesome, but you always want to point out to your listeners, your viewers, your content takers that whatever you're doing and saying – give it an extra two miles around that because that might be what the radar is seeing, but there also might be some delay in data. Something might change. So you just have to be careful as a broadcaster when doing that. Well, this morning we're talking weather, as you can tell. Everything from tornadoes to hurricanes to just stormy weather. If you have any questions, please give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring The number, again, is one 672 7464 Or you can always email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more weather talk with our friends. Hunter Dickerson and Jay Willingham from the Mississippi Weather Network. This is MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our tech experts, Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're talking weather tech with our good friends, Hunter Dickerson and Jay Willingham from the Mississippi Weather Network. Now, you can join our conversation this morning to ask any weather tech question or any general tech question at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, before the break, we were discussing weather terminology and tools. Let's go back into some of the tools and the terminology that's used in uh, forecasting the weather. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, discuss some radar programs that we use, that the public could use to, you know, watch the severe weather, or they can follow along with the network, uh, network television on what's going on in their neighborhood. And a good app on iPhone and Android is called a Radar Scope. It's nine ninety nine, but it's a very advanced 
radar platform for the price. You really can't beat it for what it offers. It offers something called level three and level two data. Level two data is basically just super resolution data that's coming straight from the WSR88D Doppler in Jackson. You know, and just going on radar scope, uh, they've actually recently are releasing a Windows version. They've also got it for Mac too. And whenever you look at it, you're not going to find a meteorologist or a storm chaser or anybody really interested in weather that does not have that app on their phone. It is an amazing uh, radar data app that just has the raw data as best as it can get. I mean, you're not going to get it any better than that on a mobile device. That's allowed so many more people to enter into the field. It's not a very expensive technology because, let's face it, almost everybody has a smartphone in their hand nowadays. So, Well, you know, one thing that comes to mind when you said that, um, guys, is – Okay, it's a lot of raw data, but is it something that me in layman terms can actually still get something out of? I mean, we, you know, we have so much going on out there. We have so many of our listeners that are in some areas, you know, and as y'all know, I mean, pretty much in Mississippi, I always kind of joke, we get all the weather. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Is it something that we can actually understand and work with? Absolutely. And matter of fact, your your, uh, radar app on your phone is probably going to update faster than the broadcast media's radar system. Because it's raw data, but it, it, it's the same thing that you would see on broadcast TV. And, you know, uh, speaking of radar scope, they've actually got blogs and everything on their website that uh, allows you to go see um, how to detect tornadoes on a radar. They have great teaching guides. But, I mean, if you're just worried about the rain, this app here, it's got it for you. It looks just like your normal radar you'd pull up. And like he said, you know, nothing against broadcast media or anything, but sometimes to make it look all very fancy on the TV, you have a minute delay to for your graphic system to pixelate it and make it look very graphically awesome for viewers. But that raw data, it gets there quicker and it's something very easy anybody can pull up. Um, you know, just thinking about that, there's actually a meteorologist very well known here, uh, especially in Alabama, um, James Spann. He actually will pull up radar scope on his iPad and broadcast that on TV nine times out of ten versus actually a $20,000 plus radar system that they have in place. Wow. Okay, speaking of uh, tornadoes and storms, we're actually uh, coming up on tornado season, correct? Yeah, I'd I'd pretty much say that we were in it, wouldn't you? Yes, we are. We are just in the thick of things. April is probably the busiest month throughout the year, at least in our area, for tornadoes. Now, um, I know I'm getting a little technical, but can you kind of explain why April? Uh, Absolutely. It's because of the changing of the seasons. Like I mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. um, uh, when you're up, you know, it's cooler now. We're getting into a warmer, getting into the summer, so mm-hmm. everything's starting to warm up, and we're mm-hmm. still having the fronts come down and drop colder air as mm-hmm. the high pressure would keep things warm. Mm-hmm. And the change in temperature and the change in wind direction and shear in the upper and lower atmosphere I know is I'm causing getting ahead of myself, but when we say season, so I get what you're saying, the difference in the changing of the seasons from cold to warm. So hurricane seasons, why, what is it, August? Why is uh, hurricane season in that time of the year? Yeah, that starts from uh, June 1st to November 30th. Okay. Um, and hurricane season is that way because, like he was saying, with the changing of the seasons and our weather, you know, once we get towards June, we start seeing the cold fronts move on up north, staying well to the north. Canada jet streams moved up to the north. It's not too much to worry about for us during our summer months here in Mississippi. So those waters in the Gulf, the waters in the Atlantic, they heat up. They get to a very warm temperature, and that causes thunderstorms off the coast of Africa to start spawning up and get larger over the ocean. And that's kind of what creates the season because we've got those warm, favorable waters during that time. Mm. So so it's basically a, a thunderstorm that's pretty much unhindered and just allowed to kind of grow to a really – because, you know, I guess thunderstorms coming through, you know, hitting the mountains and the lands mm-hmm. and everything else is going to kind of bust it up and weaken it up. But I guess over the ocean, there's just no – that's no limits. Of, that's exactly almost what a hurricane is. Well, we're talking weather this morning, um, listeners. If you would like to ask our weather um, guys a question or ask our tech experts a question, give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring, or you can uh, email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Don't forget, Wilton Jeremy are standing by with your general tech questions as well. We're here too. We're just we're in awe. I'm learning. I'm exactly. This. Let's talk about storm chasing. Now this is where I'm not a storm chaser, a uh, 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 literal storm chaser. Hi, Jeremy, you're laughing. But I do watch the Weather Channel when there's like a 
hurricane or something going on, I can't turn the channel. I, I will oh, stay yeah. up all night. And speaking of, I just want to give a plug to MPB. We won an award for our hurricane coverage. Oh, wow. This Congratulations. Congratulations. We did. Uh, we were all hands on board. And I was new here. I started in July. So it was like Jason and Kevin and everyone just threw me in the fire. <laughs> and I was on the air trying to pronounce names and cities of towns in Mississippi that I've never heard of. And it was it was interesting. But we won an award for that um, hurricane coverage. So congratulations, MPB. And that's what we do here. We mm-hmm. uh, get the information out to the state of Mississippi. And, it, and, you know, we were awarded for it. So that was great. But uh, back to my question. Storm chasers. How important are storm chasers and should everybody do it? Okay, well, I'm going to start off with the most important thing. I highly, highly stress, if you are not a trained storm spotter or trained law enforcement personnel, you do not need to be out there chasing storms. And, you know, adding on to that, a lot of your the National Weather Service will put on many classes. So if it's something you're interested in, go take the class. They put on uh, your normal or advanced storm spotter classes if you've already got your normal um, around the state. Normally they do about one per county every year or one per area every year. So go take those if you're interested in it. You'll learn techniques such as radar reading, uh, of course, cloud formations, uh, how to spot a funnel cloud, how to report things. And back to how important is it? Well, storm chasers, storm spotters, it's very important because these these radars might be great, but at times we get to ranges in the radar that you just don't have a range within the uh, antenna of that radar, and you're in dead zones, RF, range folding, um, or you have issues, and we rely on those spotters to tell us that there's a confirmed tornado. Or better yet, you might have a weak spin-up tornado that might be missed altogether by radar just because it's just a small, weak tornado. We've often seen that. Uh, Lauderdale County was an example a year or two ago. Um, and spotters can say, you know, there's a tornado here. Get it warned the right way. And it's very vital. So it's basically those. that's the hands in the field. So, you know, pretty much anyone with a curiosity there can actually increase their knowledge and actually contribute to making their neighbors and friends and family safer. Well, talk about that importance of having that knowledge, though. But if you don't have the knowledge, how can you make it detrimental to others? Well, I mean, if you're out there on the roads uh, during storms, that's one thing. We want everybody to stay off the roads, of course. And then adding on to another thing, like I said, you might want to explain this a little better, Jay, with chaser convergence we see sometimes in bigger areas. Absolutely. And the case of that is is us storm chasers and actually the general public can actually – there's something called Spotter Network, which shows all your storm chasers' locations, and the general public can see that. They can't report their location on it unless they've taken a class, but they can see that, and they'll try to follow the storm chasers into the storm. And what happens is when you have a tornado on the ground, you have all these cars piled up. You can't get away from the impending danger, and that's a big safety issue. That's why we highly stress that the public do not chase tornadoes unless they know what they're doing. And don't chase the storm chasers. <laughs> yeah, don't chase yeah. the storm chasers. If Jim Cantori is in your area, don't necessarily go out there and try to hunt him down for, for a uh, An autograph or a picture. <laughs> go yeah. the other direction. Face, yeah. <laughs> FaceTime in or selfie with the tornado and uh, Cantori. That's funny. But, um, you know, <laughs> people will do that. And I guess just like me, I couldn't turn off the TV. It was seriously the next morning. When we left here, I left here about 12, I think, or something, and I went home and I stayed up all night just watching where the hurricane was going and seeing the, you know, not to say it was like I wanted something to happen, but it's like I couldn't turn it off. Well, I mean, it, it's fascinating. It draws you in. It's, uh, it's nature. You know, yeah, I mean, you don't want, you know, heaven forbid, we don't want anybody no. getting hurt, anybody getting injured or anything like that, but it's just, it's a fascinating phenomenon because there's just so, um, I mean, it, I guess it just affects us. All of us have been affected by them in some way. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, let me ask you a question. And, you know, Will Tun, Jeremy, I've never asked you this, but have you had any uh, experience in weather tech or having to uh, fix anything at a, re- a television station? Uh, no, not not specifically weather tech. I fixed uh, weather damaged laptops. In fact, uh, when the tornado <laughs> hit Hattiesburg uh, last year, uh, I helped several people with their uh, weather damaged machines, some of which were unsalvageable, but some which we could actually save. But as far as weather technology goes, no, no, okay. I'm a complete newbie and I'm just here to listen. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, I guess my um, my involvement, maybe not specifically going to the actual weather tech, but kind of those side effects. I mean, especially with running data centers and everything else, uh, things such as power outages, brownouts, surges, 
uh, different things. Those definitely affect, like with my teammates up at work. I mean, you know, um, I get a little hypersensitive to the weather, especially if there's like a lot of electrical storms coming through. Um, you know, we get lightning strikes out there. And so there's a lot of things that can, the weather can affect me professionally in that way. But as far as for actually going into the radar mm-hmm. systems and some of that, um, it's a, it's a fascination, but I've only seen it from afar. I'm usually kind of like Jeremy dealing with the after effects. Because I, I can, I can imagine what you go through because it, it, you don't know what's going to take out this computer system. Am I going to have to be on call tonight? What am I going to have to do when this happens? Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's about how, uh, Quite a while back, we actually had lightning hit one of our warehouses out there. Well, you know, yeah, I've got all the power. All the power is sitting on there on nice surge protectors and UPS as well. It also goes across network cables, and there's all kinds mm-hmm. of other ways for it. And it actually Absolutely. blew out one of my edge switches and stuff. So, Well, let me ask you a question. Do you, I don't know if you, you probably do know this. How long have we had the advanced technology in uh, weather like Doppler? Because before that, what did we do with the warnings? How do we warn cities in the countries and um ethel opened up her window and started yelling (laughs) well i mean whenever you look at first off before we got to doppler a lot of it was just storm spotters i mean you know you picked up your cb radio at the time and cb'd it to the national weather service the best you could or to your local police or whatever and they picked up the message and called who they needed to that's how it was there was no technologies but of course i'm gonna send it to jay to talk about the doppler a little bit and when that was started and before and before the uh, the current Doppler that we have now, which is called the WSR eighty eight D, I think they used to use old military radars mm-hmm. to detect uh, rain, but it was very it was very inaccurate. It wasn't really uh, high res data, as we would say, and it was very low range. So it pretty much let you know there was a storm there, but you weren't getting much more. Out of it <laughs> you you didn't know if it you didn't know if it was rotating. All you would see is a blob, but that was about it. You knew something was heading this way. You didn't know what the severity of the storm was. Mm. Okay. So again, see how technology has helped save so many lives. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, Ethel screaming out the window, uh, <laughs> telling uh, Dorothy to get in the storm shed and uh, get down there, or she's running away with Toto. You know, so and she was like, "Give me my shoes. <laughs> I need my red slippers." <laughs> but seriously, you think about back before we had all the technology how was the word uh given to people you didn't know it was a tornado until your roof blew off and that's sad it is i mean so well, much well it's happy now because we yeah, have the... now we have it yeah. but i mean just going back you know radio has been a long probably been our longest form of communication as far as mass public and other than that i mean you know you could give a phone call to somebody and let them know hey a tornado just wiped out my neighbor's house but i mean you know until radio came along and then eventually tv and then now our digital media we didn't have all these platforms it was more of a just a guessing game you looked up and said oh we might want to take cover today just for the rest of the day because it looks like it's going to be bad wow well it's time for another quick break but when we return we'll continue our conversation about weather tech with hunter dickerson and jay willingham from the mississippi weather network now we, we encourage your calls if you have any weather tech questions or any general tech questions give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING that's 1-877-672-7464 or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org you're listening to everyday tech only on mpb think radio Jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. MPB Think Radio loves to help with lots of subjects, but between 9 and 10 on Wednesday mornings, we focus on your nest. On Fix It 101, we want to help you make your place safer, quieter, drier, brighter, bigger, cooler, cozier, or the opposite of any of those things, depending on your preference. The pros are Delmore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. I'm the amateur and host, Jason Klein. So go ahead and ask away. Fix It 101 is Wednesdays at 9 on MPB Think Radio. 
You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with our technology experts, Wils Couture and Jeremy Thompson. And today we're discussing weather with our friends, Hunter Dickerson and Jay Willingham from the Mississippi Weather Network. Now, to be a part of this conversation or to ask any general tech question, give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can email the show to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So before the break, we were dis- discussing tornadoes and how before the advances in weather technology, people really didn't have the warnings and they just waited until uh something happened and well, the national weather mm-hmm. service this was back before you know radar become as advanced as today would try to allow uh law enforcement personnel to know and they i mean this is back you know 60 70s they would go around with their police cars and you know kind of like they still do today mm-hmm. bullhorn and, and bullhorn tell and people take so, cover so the police officers and the fire departments were first responders they were out there and they it could have been a tornado but they had to be out there warning the towns and the people wow well you know what that's why we do love them we appreciate everything they do they put their lives on the line every day and they still do let's go to the phone lines now we have Rowan, I believe, from Jackson. Good morning, Rowan. Uh, good morning. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? It's Rohan, but, you know, it's close enough. <laughs> I like that, Rohan. Well, do you have a question this morning? I do. Um, so I heard that y'all were talking about how the radars, they have certain um, holes and shortcomings, um, and the spotters kind of fill in those holes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in Oklahoma, um, they're trying out the new X-band radars, and I, I believe they're the X-band. They're the smaller radars that you can deploy, and they can, you know, tell you a bunch of other stuff. So, is Mississippi doing anything like that? Because I know uh, MSU has a really good meteorology program. Well, you know, you know uh, anything? you're right. The University of Oklahoma they do have their own radar, and uh, if I do remember right, it is an X-band radar, and there's also a couple um, uh, news outlets up there, along with the University of Oklahoma, that have. Um, They've got these mobile radars now, like you said, that can be put on the back of these trucks that are X-band radars. They do fill gaps. Um, Your X-band range is not nearly as far as uh, the ones we currently have right now. Um, These radars that we're using right now will be in place here for a long time. Um, Actually, the Jackson radar site um, two weeks ago now was just upgraded with some maintenance that should allow it to go for at least the next 10 years, just to guarantee another 10 years for it. Um, and like you said, with the you know, uh, Mississippi State actually working with their great meteorology program, just like OU has, um, what we're looking at right now as far as that goes is they've got a great radar site up there very close to them at the Columbus Air Force Base. I really don't see them needing to put another radar there in that area, so I really don't see MSU really pursuing that. Um, the only area, if I was to see anything MSU do, of course they have campuses in Meridian, and that area is one of the major areas that does not have coverage there's even been talks about the national weather service possibly placing a radar out there after a couple missed tornadoes so if one does get put up an x-band would be great for that area because like i said their range is not normally as it's not as far as the ones we currently have in place from the national weather service but it would definitely fill that gap and another thing the x-band radars have as an advantage over the wsrs is the fact that they refresh uh to my knowledge so much faster than the wsrs mm-hmm. they're about one minute f- refresh rate versus about five to six depending on what product you're using on the wsrs well thank you rohan from jackson uh, th- did that answer your question yes ma'am it did all right thank you for listening we're going to move on to independence mississippi and speak with charles good morning charles good morning i love your show thank you and thank you charles i learned a lot um, this is a little off the topic of weather, though. Hey, that's all right. It's fine. Okay. Um, we're actually, actually, our weather guys are uh, are, are tech nerds too, so <laughs> we're all in Absolutely. good company. I hope, hopefully, you guys are a little, have a little bit of mechanic in you. I'm looking to put the Bluetooth um, OBD2 sensors into my car. Um, the onboard display or mm-hmm. onboard, you know, underneath uh, they go in your CPU of your car. Like yeah. Monitor your vehicle performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I've got one of those uh, in my son's car, actually. 
Yeah, I have an 07 Lincoln town car, and I was going to put it in the car connect and make it the hotspot, but I didn't like the data mining that they do, and, and they send all that back to Carfax to, um, you know, for the condition of your car. So I'm looking to buy, it's like an ELM 327. That's the Bluetooth uh, connector that goes to, to the phone, or you can connect it to the computer, but I'm just looking for the best product. Um, a lot of these uh, particular devices are are pretty standard these days. Um, the one that I have experience with is not that ELM, but I do have one of these that I got off of Amazon, and it was about twenty five bucks, I think. Um, the the cheaper one that I got that seemed to work just fine. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, the one that I got was Bafx B A F X. That's the one that I can. B-A-F-X. B-A-F-X. And uh, that's the one I can personally recommend, and you will need to download an app called Torque on your phone in order to uh, to communicate with the device. Okay. I, I know there's some software out there that works with Windows that uh, lets you um, – Windows 10 and – Oh, sure. Yeah, if you're interfacing interface with some other type of device, program. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I guess it lets you program for better horsepower and adjust – some of your specs on your car. And I've got another one that I hear people use all the time. It's called a Blue Driver OBD2 port scanner, and it actually connects Bluetooth with your phone that will allow you to uh, read trouble codes and stuff. That one, and there's another one called Fixed, F-I-X-D, if I'm not mistaken. And both uh, have a pretty rep, uh, pretty good reviews on Amazon. And that one on um, the Windows Store? Uh, I think do not know off the top of my head. Uh, as far as I know, these devices are more for diagnostics. They're not so much for adjusting uh, stuff in your engine. Now, I could be completely wrong, but I've, I've never seen any configurations. I've only seen metrics on my own vehicle. Well, now I know I, I work with a guy that actually has this on his truck, but I'll be honest with you, I don't know which device he's using. It's, he's got a, a, a truck, and he does actually use it for power tuning Although mm-hmm. I'm I'm just going to be 100% honest, I'm very uh, green on that. But I will tell you, if you could shoot us, uh, if that's kind of the area you're looking at, if you'll shoot us an email, I will, as soon as I get back to the office, talk with this guy and get the information on his system, and I can shoot it on over to you along with, like, you know, his comments on, yes, I like it, no, I don't kind of stuff. Um, might be the better way to get you in that direction. And I will say the uh, the BAFX is going to be a Bluetooth only. That's not a Wi-Fi. Well, thank you, Charles. I hope uh, you heard that. Go ahead and email the show, and uh, Will Tan, Jeremy, will work on that for you and get you the best product. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. All right. Well, let's continue our weather conversation. We were talking about, uh, you mentioned earlier, um, uh, Jay, warnings versus watches, and that has been, it's confusing for some people. So when you're watching the meteorologist on the um, television and you hear there's a warning or there's a watch, what's the difference? The watch is basically saying within the next eight or ten hours or so that there could be the possibility of an impending threat of severe weather or tornadoes or even flooding. You know, they have, you know, your main three watches, your flash flood watches and your severe thunderstorm watch and your tornado watch. Your uh, flash flood watch uh, normally means that, hey, there's a lot of rain that's fixing to come into your uh, area, and there's a chance that you could see up to two, three, four inches of rain and possible, some possible flash, flash flooding. Then you go to your severe thunderstorm watches saying that there's the uh, possibility of uh, a severe weather in your area for the next, like I said, eight to ten hours. Uh, for you know, You're looking at hail, you know, winds in excess of uh, 59 miles an hour and very heavy rainfall, and then your tornado watch is going to be saying that there's a possibility of rotating storms in your area, but it's not an immediate threat as opposed to a warning. Okay. Yeah, to me, that's like telling you, get the radio zone, keep your Facebook feed updated, keep the me- news media on, get ready for the possibility of something very soon. The conditions are very favorable based off uh, the data coming in and what's being read out from models. So. And then a watch, I mean, a warning is one has been spotted, correct? It's happening. Take cover. It's an immediate threat. That's one thing that I look at. Mm -hmm. If you're under a warning, then you're within a 15 to 20 minute immediate threat of any uh, severe weather 
whatever the warning actually right. is. Absolutely. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines and go to Louisiana now and speak with Timothy. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, y'all. I haven't heard from Timothy in a while. I show. I'm glad y'all are still doing it. All Anyhow, right. um, I work at a turf farm, and we have a lot of clients who, you know, wonder why they can't get their turf. It's because of weather conditions, you know. So I installed a web-connected weather station there that's on um, inter- interfacing with uh, Weather Underground. And now I, my clients can look at the location and say, ah, oh, it's raining there, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. they're 100 miles away or so, they just don't understand sometimes. And I find that network uh, that, you know, I mean, there's like 40 of them immediately close now that I am on there, you know. So it's really a good resource. Absolutely. And one thing that I like about the weather stations from Weather Other Ground is that they update fairly rapidly. And you yeah. can actually tell if a cold front's come through an area because your wind direction's changed. You can kind of yeah. give an idea of what the temperature is and how, how things are reacting once the front passes. Yes. And it, it wasn't that expensive. I think we total was about 400 bucks, you know. And it's, you know, I mean, of course, you've got to have a good solid web connection all the time, uh, which sometimes goes out in storms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, one thing I kind of like with that, too, is that sometimes people will actually have those up and actually have a webcam along with mm-hmm. them. And I like yeah, kind of going yeah. on in there. So if I'll see if a storm's coming on through, I'll click over one of those webcams just to just to kind of see, because it really does kind of help knowing, hey, this is what's coming through over there. It may be heading my way. Yep. All righty. All right. Well, keep it up, boys and girls. <laughs> All right. You, thank you, Timothy. Timothy. Have a good day. All right. Well, um, we were talking about watches and warnings, and so we actually um, cleared what a warning is, what a watch is, and what mm-hmm. the difference is. So let's uh, talk a little bit about understanding the uh, the Internet or the weather reports. We watch them. We listen. It's, uh, technology has evolved it over years, and it's just getting better and better. What's on the verge? What's something new? coming that we don't know about well something new that is being tested right now by the national weather service as far as technology goes and warnings and how fast we can get them out is this new thing that uh, they tested it last year and i believe it was texas forgive me if i'm wrong there um it's called wof warrant on forecast and uh basically they found three counties in texas i do believe it was that were so favorable for tornado development that you know there was almost no doubt so is what they did is they went ahead and uh, actually triggered off the tornado sirens, triggered off it as a warning, and about an hour later, there were multiple tornadoes in those counties. And they're doing this with new data coming in from a new satellite that was launched, the GO-16 satellite. Uh, it was launched last year, put operational this year. Um, they've launched another one for the other side. Uh, and uh, it's it's really helping out with a lot of things. We're seeing uh, cloud formations and movement in the upper levels that we weren't able to see in the past. And then, of course, we've got uh, newer different models that are coming into play now, new models that are being developed that were allowed this to happen. This was actually the WOF model. All right. Well, when we get back from our final break, we'll continue talking about what's on the verge and what's new in weather technology. Now, phone lines are still open, so there's plenty of time for you to get your question answered. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 We'll be right back after our break. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Public Broadcasting is pleased to announce an innovative new way you can support us. Change by Soft Giving allows you to round up your change from everyday purchases and donate it to MPB. Sign up today by visiting mpbonline.org support. 
From there, securely link your credit or debit card information to start rounding up your change. Your contributions allow us to continue providing smart, entertaining, and engaging programming to Mississippians. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture and Jeremy Thompson, our technology experts. So today we've been talking weather tech with our friends Hunter Dickerson and Jay Willingham from the Mississippi Weather Network. Now, so far we've learned what a tornado is and how it's formed. We've discussed the difference between watches and warnings. We still have open phone lines, so there's time to get your questions answered. Give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can always email the show to Everyday Tech at mpbonline.org. Now, at the end of the day, the real reason we have meteorologists and weather experts is to make sure people are informed and prepared. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? In Absolutely. That's very correct. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's so many different platforms out there now to receive your information from your phone to even Facebook, uh, websites, um, of course, your media as far as your TV media goes, radio. There's just so many different ways to digest this information these days. And whether it's broadcast media or uh, your Facebook Facebook pages that are uh, uh, relaying the weather information out there, we're all here for the same reason, which is to keep the public safe. And technology has played a big part in keeping the would you say the public safe, correct? And absolutely. I mean, well, I mean, you're looking now at uh, tornadoes and stuff that we have and we're having a lot less more casualties than we did 20, 30, 40 years ago mm-hmm. due to technology. We're able to predict we're able to have a warning within 15 to 20 minutes ahead of time to ha- give people the chance to take cover, which is which really cut down on. So let me ask you guys a question. If someone's listening here and would like to get into um, meteorology the right way, go to that class you were talking about, how or what could a young person do to study? How What would they need to study in school to help them uh, be in this field? Oh, you know, you want to try to stick to your science fields, of course. And uh, math, if you really are interested in meteorology, if you want to go into that as a degree, your math field is definitely going to be a major one to go into because a lot of your classes in college will be math-related. Okay. We're going to go back to the phone lines in our last few minutes of the show and go to Carl in Jackson. Good morning, Carl. Hi, good morning. You have a question or comment? Uh, yes. I want to know, is there an app available where you can listen to the National Mother Service here locally? Well, um, a good way of information from them is, of course, via the Facebook page for the National Weather Service, their Twitter. Um, They don't have an app, but they also have their website. You just go to the National Weather Service website and then type in Jackson, and uh, it's very easy to find that. You can get direct information from them. Um, You know, I, I have wondered if they will be coming out with an app soon, but that is the best way to get direct information from them. And, of course, there's multiple other Facebook outlets. I mean, especially us at Mississippi Weather Network or Storm Center, we all keep you updated on that and share that out there. So, I mean, you know, there's... I'm sorry, but but I don't do the Facebook or the Twitter, but I want to know if I can receive that FM broadcast from the National Weather Service here. Okay, well... um, you're talking about like over the air as far as their uh, weather radio. Yes, well, there actually was an app out, and what it does is somebody actually has to provide the stream for it. So somebody actually has to have a radio themselves and provides a stream for the National Weather Service to the Internet. Now, there is an app out there called No Weather Radio for your phone that will do that. But as far as my knowledge goes, I've looked into it. There's not somebody here in the Jackson area that provides a stream, but, I mean, it would be a really low-cost, awesome option if somebody would want to do that out here. I believe they could get something running like that for about 20 30 bucks, really, if they have a computer that's normally on. So Okay. So that's a good thought. That's a good thought. I may look into it. Thank right. you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. For calling in. Okay, we're going to take our last call, Gulfport, and speak with Phil. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering why they haven't gone to a, a live system for car navigation, uh, GPS um, items. Is is there anything out there? I don't think, I'm not 
quite understand. You mean are you meaning like a, a weather app within those systems, or because well, I mean GPSs um, are pretty much are pretty much live. They, they have live weather. No, yeah. no, not, not that I've seen that. I know back in the past, MSN used to have something with that. Now there are some newer ones out there that do have weather radar. Now it's not exactly live weather, but nowadays with most of your newer GPS systems, they all link to your phone. And nowadays, better than ever, of course, the alerts come to your phone, get people better warned. You know, it's not the old days whenever we listen for the tornado sirens. As great as those are, those are if you're outside. Those are not to protect you if you're sitting in your house. That's what other platforms are for these days. That was if you were outside or before we had these awesome ways to get out there. So nowadays, I mean, while your GPS might not directly have it, you have your phone. And everything and the gps does have radar some of them do some of the newer ones do actually in the, uh some of the nissan vehicles depending on the configuration you get in the gps they do actually have a radar built into it mm-hmm. that's All pretty right. cool because i know i back in the back in the day when i had a separate gps i actually had one that could link up to uh like msn had like a weather feed that would go into it uh i've just being quite honest, I mean, basically, I've turned my phone into my little weather, I'm sure my some little of these amateur weather device. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto uh, um, packages in these cars, I'm sure you can get apps like the Weather Channel, maybe, that support, yeah. uh, you know, getting your weather data. All right. Well, Phil, thank you for that question, and I hope maybe that helped a little bit. And um, Yeah, I, I could foresee that's going to probably be something we're going to start mm-hmm. seeing. That, that's going to probably be growth in that area, because mm-hmm. we're starting to see introducing and i think we'll just see that continue to grow Well, you try to get hands free off the road and everything so people looking at the phone to get warnings it's not a great idea so i see that definitely coming something for the future well before our uh we end the show uh any last words about hurricane season because it's coming up correct it's coming soon uh lot that might go on we are actually expecting another active season almost like uh last year so we're definitely going to be watching it closely um just remember to stay tuned to your media your facebook pages that are reliable things like that just stay up to date with it all right well we want to thank you for joining us today and our special guests hunter dickerson and jay willingham from the mississippi weather network if you missed part of the show or want to hear past episodes you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org or subscribe to our podcast. Java Chapman was our board operator, and our phone screener was Lori Thompson. For Wilts Contreras and Jeremy Thompson, I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy and join us next week at 10 for more everyday tech only on MPB Think Radio.